Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 52, He Will Be Merciful Unto You. So we begin in 2 Nephi chapter 4. And Nephi gives his witness of the greatness of the prophecies of Joseph who was carried away into Egypt. Really, there are no words to describe the awesomeness of this prophecy. To be Lehi or Nephi and to be reading upon the brass plates about the hard thing that you are currently doing, that one of your ancestors knew about. They knew about you and what you were going to be asked to do, and they wrote it down, and they preserved their knowledge, and now you're reading what they wrote, and it is encouraging you and filling you with faith and determination and perseverance, and it is reinforcing the commandment given to you to be broken off from Jerusalem, and then to be transplanted across the world, and to be reminded it is God's will, that there will be success despite the difficulties, that adversity and even destruction will be a part of the journey, but redemption will follow for those who remain true to their covenants to the Lord. To even have given to you details about a future seer, what his name is going to be, and what he is going to do in order to be able to glue all of this together. All of it must have been the fire in their drive to keep doing hard, to keep exercising faith, and to keep looking for how God is showing up all along the way. What I learn from pondering Joseph's prophecy and looking for the ways that the Lord works What the Spirit tells me is that my vision and my perspective in my day-to-day life is way, way too narrow. And the Spirit wants me to expand it. And that God is a, he's a big picture sort of guy. Yes, he gets involved in the details, but he doesn't get bogged down in them. He is able to be all that he is because he is focused on the big picture of his plan. His eyes are on the finish line and not on our trips and stumbles and falls, which I think we sometimes believe he is hyper-focusing on. I don't know if these things bother him as much as we think it bothers him or as much as it bothers us. I think he has a lot of confidence in his plan. He knows his plan is perfect and that the atonement is all-encompassing. And I can hear him saying, Carrie, use it and move on. Get up and move forward. There are details, however, that are important in the big picture. And that is where we find Lehi right now before he dies. After Lehi finished speaking to his son Joseph, Lehi then gathered the children of Laman And he asked them to give ear unto my words. I wonder what their feelings were towards their grandfather and their prophet. What descent had they witnessed? Had they witnessed the murderous plottings? The contemptuous murmuring? The devaluing of the prophet's words? 
What feelings did they have regarding the faith of their grandfather? How was their life impacted during their father's period of reconciliation? Was it enough time for them to be able to discern between the spirit of contention and the spirit of unity? Where did their inclinations place them? What degree of sensitivity to the spirit had they even been able to develop? Were Laman's sons and daughters in step with their father or with the prophet? And though it would be fascinating information to have, to be able to draw up a profile of all these family dynamics, what I find interesting is Lehi doesn't pay attention to any of the possible answers to those questions. Or at least he doesn't censor his actions because of their possible answers. He just does what he knows is important to the big picture. He was called to testify all the way back in Jerusalem. And chapter 4 in 2 Nephi is proof that he doesn't intend to stop until Father tells him he is done. Lehi teaches them the foundational condition of the land in which they will inherit. For the Lord God hath said that, Inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. And inasmuch as ye will not keep my commandments, ye shall be cut off from my presence. That's it. Plain and simple. We have a grandfather who is teaching his grandchildren the basics of what will bring them joy in this life. Keeping the commandments places us upon the path of prospering and allows us to enjoy the companionship of the Lord. And that is the definition of success, the true definition. But to disobey the commandments is to cut off that relationship with the Lord. Now, when we read the scriptures, I think our mind can wander a little bit and bring forward all of the evidence that it has gathered of people who appear to prosper quite nicely. And they don't appear to have a need to have a relationship with the Lord in order to be able to prosper. Life appears to give them wildly fantastic opportunities. An ingenious mind. They enjoy riches that give them ease and comfort and really abundantly more opportunities to them. They seem to walk in elevated circles and to appear to have different, even more indulgent rules that they follow. Let's just say that our brain wants to show us that it is possible to do well in life without expending so much effort in righteous living. There doesn't appear to our mortal eyes to be a clear-cut ceasing of prospering for individuals who don't keep the commandments of God. Now, this is Carrie speak. (laughs) This is what I believe to be true, or at least what my observances teach me. There is opposition in all things. We know that all of God's children are moving through his plan of salvation. And because there is opposites in all things, within that plan, Satan does have the power to present an opposite plan, a counterfeit plan that deceives us, a plan that we choose to participate in when we stop keeping the commandments of the Lord and when the Lord cuts us off from his presence. In this plan, we think we're prospering and doing just fine without God's involvement. We think that the abundance that comes our way is not only proof of this, 
but we use it as proof of our personal greatness and our importance, proof that we are fine without the need to follow his commandments. Whatever disillusionment we may have, it will not negate the truth of the matter that God is at the helm, that his ways are supreme, and that just because we fell for the counterfeit plan does not mean that we aren't still beholden to the conditions of the real plan. The counterfeit plan has different definitions for the word prospering. What definition are you relying upon? I think there's going to be pain experienced when the veil is lifted from our eyes and we find how fooled we were in thinking that we were progressing when really none of our life's work was sanctified by the Lord because we weren't partnered up with Him. And that during mortality, we received our reward. The reward that only that counterfeit plan could offer us. And it wasn't that eternal reward that could be waiting for us if we kept the commandments and we attached ourselves to the Lord. Those eternal rewards that only could come from the giver of such gifts. I don't know. This is what I believe prospering means when we read it in the scriptures. Lehi did not want his grandchildren to be deceived because of the errors of their parents. Therefore, he left a blessing upon them. He knew that if they were brought up in the way they should go, that they will not depart from it. I think also Lehi knew his limited influence at this point, and so he was going to rely on the power of his faith and on priesthood power and authority to leave a blessing upon his grandchildren, that if they do become cursed, that that cursing will be taken off of them and answered upon the heads of their parents. Wow. (sighs) Lehi assured his grandchildren that because of his blessing, the Lord will be merciful unto them and unto their seed forever. That is such a an amazing illustration of the importance and the reality of priesthood power and blessings in our lives. This blessing from their grandfather was an extension of the Lord's tender mercies to every single one of them and their seed to come. It was the Lord's promise being delivered to them by their grandfather that the Lord's strength and protection his assurance and guidance, his loving kindnesses, consolation, support, his spiritual gifts that he offers his children are all waiting for them and will be extended to them when they come unto him eventually, when they choose to be obedient to him and walk in his ways. He, the merciful, desires to treat them better than they deserve and to forgive them for their errors and to empower them with his grace to heal that being cut off or that curse, and to ultimately sanctify them. Lehi gave this counsel not only to Laman's children, but also to the sons and daughters of Lemuel. The scriptures add here that Lehi promised them that they would not be utterly destroyed, but in the end, thy seed shall be blessed. Again, big picture. And because we know the horrific scenes that are going to play out involving the children of Laman and Lemuel, you know, we really could just lose hope. Maybe even judge them. 
and judge what their destiny has in store for them, we could get bogged down in the details. But the big picture father that we are children of can see what we cannot see. He takes into account things like this very instance when priesthood power was exercised on the behalf of Lehi's grandchildren and their seed to protect them from what they don't know until they have a chance to know. And it is promised to them that in the end, they will be blessed. He will be merciful unto them. To Ishmael's household, Lehi also spoke. And I assume or I imagine it was probably more of the same. And Lehi then spoke to Sam, saying, Blessed art thou in thy seed, for thou shalt inherit the land like unto thy brother Nephi. And thy seed shall be numbered with his seed, and thou shalt be even like unto thy brother, and thy seed like unto his seed. And thou shalt be blessed in all thy days. Short and sweet. Yet everything that is important is reassured right there. The promised land will belong to Sam and his posterity. There are no blessings that Nephi will receive because of his obedience that will be withheld from Sam. For he too has been obedient. There are blessings coming because of Sam's obedience. Stay the course, Sam. And we know he will. And it came to pass, after my father Lehi had spoken unto all his household, according to the feelings of his heart and the spirit of the Lord which was in him, he waxed old, and it came to pass that he died and was buried. From the time that we are introduced to Lehi, and much before that, I'm sure, but when we first learn of him praying in behalf of his people in Jerusalem, who prophets were prophesying unto, to repent or to be destroyed, and that because of his prayer, he was then given a vision of God and of God's goodness. Lehi never stopped prophesying. Lehi was a true son of God, taking remarkable steps of faith during his mortality and communing with God as one of God's prophets on the earth. He testified of God and of God's mercy until his dying breath. He reiterated the plan of salvation until his time came to pass on to the plan's next stage. He loved the Lord. He put the Lord first in his life and accomplished his foreordained mission to lead a righteous, broken branch of Israel to a promised land. He took seriously his role of prophet, husband, father, and grandfather. He knew where he had limits but he trusted in he who didn't have limits. He trusted in the mercy of the Lord and in the Lord's promise to redeem him. His confidence was strengthened by the brass plates. What a mess things would have become if they wouldn't have had the sacred record that literally had voices from the dust whispering their destiny to them, reminding them of their identity. They were known to their fathers over a thousand years before. So cool. And then reminding them of their mission. Everything was happening as it should. Finally, I admire Lehi's boldness in gathering his grandchildren and teaching them because he knew their parents weren't. 
That is a true patriarch whose faith is firmly planted in his Savior, Jesus Christ. Sister Scriptorians, I invite you to broaden your minds to see past the now and place even more trust in the mercies that the Lord is extending to you. How will your seed be blessed because of your faith in the Word of God? How is God sanctifying all of your clumsy efforts and making you strong simply because you are attaching yourself to Him? What is your plan to pass this knowledge on? Have a good day.